Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. There is absolutely no psychological fear and you are beyond all gods. And God said he should send his one begotten son to lead the wild into the ways of the man. What does it matter? Our home, our nation, all the things we believe in are in great danger. Overtake, subjugate, and back to destroy another. The plane ride into the World Trade Center. Hey, welcome once again to Idiotic Ideologies. We're your hosts, Cindy Little and Joshua Fernandez. <laughs> well, today is um, another big topic, and it's one that I have a little bit of difficulty with. I, I don't know why, but <laughs> you know, I just really, and I know that Josh, you and I have been talking about this pretty much off and on all week. Um, and there's a lot to it. And the, that topic is beauty. So I just kind of wanted to start out by asking, you know, kind of discussing what is beauty? What do you think? Cool. Um, so to, to ask what is beauty, I would look at, because I'm curious to know too, it would be great if we had more people, but you, you definitely got a lot of online presence with, with some stuff. We'll, we'll share some of the, uh, yeah, I, I went to... Uh, to Facebook to ask uh, some some people about their thoughts on beauty. So yeah, we'll get to that. What is beauty? If I say the word invoke, when I see something beautiful, not necessarily how does one know, but how does one make the correlation with saying that is beautiful? Right. So what what am I getting out of it? What is uh, I mean, I, I know that's going to be a broad question, but for the most part, is there is there a speculation there of when I see something beautiful? how I'm feeling about it or cause we, uh, we can go down some different paths there too, but I don't know. What, what would you say? Yeah. And I mean, and that's where, you know, when I started looking into this topic, I'm like, Oh crap, you know, <laughs> where do I even begin? Because initially on the surface, it seems pretty straightforward. You, you see something or someone, uh, you know, a beautiful woman or a beautiful sunset. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, what exactly is going on in that moment? And that's where I, I really had to kind of dig deeper. And it's the definition, I went to the online dictionary and said, it's a word we use to describe something that's pleasurable to perceive. So pleasurable, so pleasurable to perceive, and it can bring deep feelings of awe or enchantment. So we got to talk about pleasure. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, do you have something to say about pleasure and beauty? <laughs> 
Well, it's the definition is, is going there. I mean, and so those two are the predominant ones, I would say, beauty in a person, beauty in a human being. And then generally the answer you'll probably get is a, a child or yeah, somebody that you, ah, that's where I get caught. Because if you see somebody beautiful, you got to then ask yourself, is that according to the culture and my conditioning? And somehow, you know, this is the way I've been programmed to like a, a blonde hair over a brunette. Um, or if you're a woman, you know, vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, in this day and age, I always feel like I got to, you know, not leave the women out. <laughs> I don't know much about that, but yes, I will yeah. mention that. And then, or is this beauty something, this, this connection that we could almost then, or that I would say is the same as when you look at a sunset uh, uh, or nature, birds flying in the air, a, a certain glimpse of a connection. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, there was a New York Times article, and I think that this is really similar to what you're saying that asked artists and photographers and scientists what beauty was and why it's so important. And I thought this was a, a really interesting quote and it says all beauty and art evoke harmonies that transport us to a place where for only seconds time stops and we're one with the world. I agree with harmony. Yeah. Under the spell of beauty, we experience a rare condition called plenitude. Yes, I learned a new word this mm -hmm. week. Plenitude. Where we want for nothing. It isn't just a feeling, or if it is, then it's a feeling like love. So basically, what I interpreted this to mean is that when we experience beauty um, in anything or anyone, it it's kind of that, well, you know, that... It, she took my breath away, or it was a breathtaking sunset, or it's like everything stops, the world stops, and we're momentarily enchanted by whatever is in front of us. And it's this deep sense of awe and, and enchantment. And I agree that it's more than just a feeling. And um, I also think that, you know, yes, We'll get into this in just a few minutes, but I, I think it's more than than a matter of taste or a matter of what the object or person is that we're looking at. I think it's all kind of comes together in this like moment where yeah, time stops and we're just one with with everything. All right, then there there it is. Uh, so it, it's a oneness. When you say the word experience, that it's an experience, does does even, even, we can generally know what that word means, but I wonder if people actually get an experience from what they say I got an experience from. So that's to say, are you actually learning anything from that experience? I have an experience. Do I actually learn something and, do, and, and am I transformed or do I just see something and then I go back to what I'm doing? That's a really good question. I mean, when you see something beautiful, do you think learning should be involved or should If it's it real beauty, I would, yeah. It's, if I see something beautiful and it causes this experience that's just like connection and, and wholeness and what you said, pleasure, uh, we would get down a, a different path to understand it. But beauty, all in all, what you said, it's a oneness, it's a connection, and then that word experience which means to go through something. I have an experience, so I've went through it, and I'm out on the other side, therefore I'm changed by it. Not just changed in the way I can put it into fancy words, 
but my quality has changed because of this. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is, is that it sounds to me like something that's truly beautiful that you're having this beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. It should, if it's truly beautiful, change you in some way. And and so is the problem teach you something. Yes, and, and I have to say this part is the problem then with um agreeing with something being beautiful, you know, like the, the, like the, the sunset or um I wouldn't say a pretty girl necessarily or a guy, but a a, a beautiful human being, a, a connection with the human being. Is that the problem that we don't have that figured out, or is the problem then something within us that is keeping us from changing? Mm -hmm. No matter what kind of sorrow you go through, no matter what kind of beauty you, you experience, what is then the problem? What, <laughs> What's the problem? Is it, yeah, so is it the thing that's actually beautiful? Is it that we uh, we can't agree on what's beautiful, a beautiful art painting, uh, a beautiful poetry, a beautiful human being? Those all seem, mm -hmm. I can see the beauty in those things. Or So then what's actually causing us from going through that experience and to the other side to then be, I'm transformed by this beautiful, whatever, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that goes back to, it kind of speaks to the next question of whether beauty is objective or subjective. Um, and I think that some people will be transformed by some experiences that they see as beautiful and others just won't. Um, and I think that's something that's kind of the mystery. I, I, I mean, uh, people come out things differently. So I we mean, don't know what beauty is. No, nobody knows what beauty no, is. No, okay. I, I don't know that I agree with that. Good. Um, I think that it's both objective and subjective. And what I mean by that is I believe that there are things, um, nature especially, uh, that most people in the world agree on as being beautiful. Um, flowers, for example. I mean, yeah, you've probably got a few weirdos out there that, you know, how flowers are ugly, you know. But for the most part, everybody can agree, wow, they're beautiful. These, these flowers are beautiful or those mountains are beautiful or, or whatever it is. So I think that's a little more objective the object itself has the beauty in it and then you see it over and over again and the beauty's gone oh no no i don't know <laughs> about that oh you're jumping ahead um but i also think there is a subjective component to it as well and i see that in in relationships in picking uh picking a wife or picking a husband you know because i've I've seen couples where, you know, the guy's like, look at my wife. She's the most beautiful woman on the planet. She's a goddess, you know, and it's like, you know, she's pretty or mm -hmm. she's cute or whatever. I don't think she's drop dead gorgeous, but you know what? That doesn't matter. You think she's drop mm -hmm. dead gorgeous. Perfect. You know? And so that's where the subjectiveness of beauty comes in, where it's more of kind of a matter of taste um, yes, that man is going to probably agree that flowers are beautiful as well, but not everybody's going to agree with him that his wife is like the hottest woman on the planet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a matter of, of personal taste. So I don't think it's either objective or subjective. I think it's just, 
you know, it depends a lot on, on how people are perceiving things. So if it's objective, you're, you're saying then that that's coming from, that's, um, and then beauty is just out in the world. It, it's, it's, um, Object- it's yeah. always going to be beauty. Yes. Okay. Then subjective is going to imply that something is, is according to, to what I think. Yes. If it's according to what I think, you're saying beauty then is not boundless. It's not infinite. It's, it's bound to human thought. So we, we have the objective, which is not bound by human thought. And then, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I were to put these in, in relational terms, and then subjective is bound by human thought. So I don't see mm-hmm. if those, so then the problem is how do those both of those coexist in a way to where beauty actually is instead of beauty. So then is beauty a, a human thought? Is beauty something that? I think it is. I think it's a, I think beauty can be a state of being. Um, but I also think that there are genuinely objectively beautiful things out there. If beauty's by thought, if, if beauty is something that has come in our thought, then I, I, just like I see with everything else, beauty then turns into something, something totally different. So if beauty doesn't carry with it, in other words, a transformation uh, all right, even if I'm subjected to it, I see something beautiful and it transforms me, not to transform me into um, something that I, I feel fulfilled. You know, here's here's my beautiful wife. She's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Therefore, I love her because she's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I, I want her in my life because she is something. So it, does beauty have a cause at all? Well, I think so. I think there has to be something that triggers the feeling. And it's by thought? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the thought is triggered. Uh, I, I mean, yes, I think there has to be a person or an object or something that we, there has to be a focus of our admiration, whatever it is. Um, and that something that we look at or experience and say, that's beautiful. So there has to be something in there in front of us to admire. And, and then we, so and then we just go through life and say, "Oh, that that admires that that cap, that takes my attention for a little bit. That's beautiful." And then the life life is dull. Then I take a trip. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then life is dull. So that beauty only lasts maybe a couple seconds or a couple minutes. It's not transformed you for the rest of your life so and if it's bound by human thought then does beauty take on beauty becomes not beauty it, be, it ends up becoming and i'll explain if but see what you think about this then beauty doesn't become beauty because beauty then turns into a state of fulfillment or it turns into an escape man my family's been fighting on this trip or, you know, this trip's been dull. Everybody's been quiet. And now we're out here at the Grand Canyon and I'm I'm taken away for a little bit, but then my wife shows me the phone and says, Hey, where do you want to go for dinner? You know, implying that sort of thing, or yeah, life sucks. And then I see a beautiful woman and all of a sudden life seems like something else. So I would look at that with human thought. I mean, keep it simple then. So there is life. First of all, 
is life beautiful? It seems to imply right now that life is not beautiful. It's, it's suffering. There's wars. Mm -hmm. There's also this dullness that comes on. There's me always thinking about the future or the past or chit chattering, making conclusions off of my knowledge and then trying to make an educated guess. And then every once in a while, there's a certain connection. There's a certain something that the world can stop. And then, they, and then we say that's beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, some people say that and some people don't. Um, I have another quote. You know how much I love my quotes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Confucius said, everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it. So I do believe that, yes, most everything has beauty. Um, I have a difficult time, time seeing beauty in the way we treat each other. Um, you know, like torture, abuse, slavery, all the ugly stuff that people do to one another. So I don't think everything has beauty. And I think beauty can be found in those finite moments of, oh, yes, I see the beautiful sunset. I, you know, whatever it is. But I also believe that people can have a you know, like, like you said, transform and have a beautiful soul or a beautiful state of mind, which I don't know what the difference is there. But um, back to the New York Times article, they interviewed a couple of photographers. You're laughing at me. <laughs> you are laughing at me in my articles. Uh, no, no, no. Yes, you are. I was listening about the Confucius thing. And then you, you said, now back to the article. I, I don't know if I missed something, but uh, oh. I was like, when did we get into the article? Back well, the article, funny, I right? mentioned the article. You, you there probably was, did. Then I, I don't know where I'm in. You were listening. Look at it. I'm you. deep in this. I'm <laughs> deep in this <laughs> thing right now. Anyway, <laughs> I know you were just yeah. formulating your yes. thoughts. Back to the article yes. <laughs> where they asked yeah. people why beauty is important. Um, conservation photographers, Christina Mittermeier and Paul Nicklin. I loved this. Their answer was beauty has less to do with the material things around us and more to do with how we spend our time on earth. We create true beauty when we channel our energy to achieve a higher purpose and build strong communities. So I see that as having a beautiful spirit or a beautiful mindset that um, is a motive for changing things for the better. So it's great. You're smirking again. So no, I, <laughs> I, I, I love that you said that, that. That's good. And then so there, there was three things that, that I overheard in that. So first is, is seeing how we see something. Second one is putting war, putting suffering, putting those things outside of us. And, and I can mm -hmm. go into that. And then the, the, the third one is finally the article you read where I, I agree with that article. Mm -hmm. Now, why don't people do that? And then everybody has their idea about it, but I, I can guarantee we can go into that, that nobody's doing what that article says as far as that transformation to where, mm -hmm. I forgot how the, the article implied it, but that everything you see is then it's beautiful. There's, there's no interval. There's nothing between... Not physically, but there's nothing psychologically between me and then and what I see. And then the second issue with the suffering is that we are all that suffering. And we are all the wars. We are all these societies that are made that start the wars. And I hope somebody would see that. You know, you're living your life. We, just like with this whole conversation of beauty, 
Life is dull. Life doesn't have this awareness to it. And then every once in a while, I see a um, starving child. I see a sunset. I see a, a person. I have a kid. And these moments come that have great feeling, energy. And, and within that, I say, okay, this is beautiful. This I'm feeling sorrow. I'm feeling compassion. You think you're feeling that feeling. Mm-hmm. But it becomes distorted if your whole movement in life is just dullness, if it's a lack of awareness, and I only have the awareness when something happens to me. Are we following that? Yeah. So, so then, so then I, I look at war as no different than me. I mean, I, unless I'm totally aware of what's going on, and then I realize that I can't do anything about it, and as I look out into the world and, and see the war and see our societies and how we are just giving into society, going through our days, you have to do that. Yes. Yeah, so then where do I go from there? So psychologically, can I start to see, I hear if I, if I throw that word in, I don't want to confuse, but do I start to see that I am that I'm responsible for all of this going on? And, and back to the, what they said on the third part, then my life is transformed to operate at the highest purpose. The, 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 I have the responsibility to not do something overseas, but to, to respond adequately with how I can respond as a parent, as, as mm-hmm. on and on and on. But I can't respond adequately if I'm confused, if I'm uh, making things separate than what I am. Oh, so-and-so's angry. I'm not, uh, uh, I hate when they're angry and they come over here, it makes me angry. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going down deep down the rabbit hole, but I think that is a good place to stop that. Cover those. Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of get what you're what you're getting at here. Basically, it's um, being, um, for lack of a better word, being present, being aware, not just going through life and going through the motions. It's it's deliberately seeing, seeing, deliberately, directly. Yes, 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 deliberately seeing, deliberately living, not through a lens of your life, something. Yeah. Well, we all have lenses. You know that we can't. So, not so will see I be through. really responsible and say I want to drop this lens? I want to, I want to be psychologically free to not have judgment, to not have opinions, to not have these things. That if I truly start to observe, those are the causes of the wars. My mm-hmm. religions cause wars. Politics. My my opinions. My uh, my my uh, nationalism and and uh, and then you know, in America. I'll get on my little rant real quick. I'll be done. But in America, there's so much <laughs> of a mix. Like America is mixture. So I don't know why it's still kind of carried on through my observations of, um, I mean, not for the most part. Yeah, but it, it's still even I can't even give a little bit of slack to say that people are doing good because these these deep down motives and unconscious, uh, you know, subconscious things are in there that we don't know how to see ourselves so going back to seeing, seeing directly, either physically or seeing directly within myself, these um, distortions within this quality of love mm-hmm. and, to, and to uproot them and to make sure that I'm doing that every day, constantly, this awareness so yeah. that beauty can start to flourish. Yeah. And, and I think you're, yeah, what you're doing is you're outlining the how. It's kind of the how to. Well, how can I get to a, a, a beautiful state of mind where I am you know, creating yeah, the quality of beauty, quality. Yes. Yeah. Where I'm creating true beauty and channeling my energy to achieve higher purposes and seeing past those labels that we put on people. And yes, I think that's 
part of the transformation process to becoming, you know, to nurturing inner beauty. Because then you can nurture somebody else. Then we can both yeah. come to each other and say, this is the problem with the world. The problem isn't um, my little petty, uh, I need to get a bigger house and, and, and get a better job and, and so on. The problem is our conflicts within each other. And if I start to take responsibility for my conflicts within myself and I come to the table hurt and you do the same thing, come to the table hurt. I mean, that's beautiful right there. And then, man, everything you look at, it just carries mm -hmm. a quality of beauty. So then, so is beauty, you know, like a, a quality of life or is beauty going back then to a, a moment in time? Well, that's exactly it. Now we're kind that's, of coming yeah, there. That's, that's the question. Is it a quality of life or is it just a finite moment? And I tend to think, that it's both. Um, I believe, great, yeah, great answer. I do. I didn't know. Uh, I honestly do. Good. I believe that someone can have a beautiful state of mind. And I think that that's something that we should all strive for. One of those inner qualities to see the beauty in, in others. Would you have a first step to that? Like, how do I come to a point in, in, in while I'm living to, that's going to say, I am tired of this, so to speak. I am I want to, um, I want, I want to ch try to channel off directly what you said to make it confusing. But yeah, for someone to say, I want to find, I want to uh, find this quality of beauty, of love, which are probably the same thing, compassion, and to not just say it as a something you know once a day or or you know one, once a week, but to say, yeah, I, I have nowhere to run. I'm tired of this, and beauty seems to be the only everlasting kind of freedom in this and this greatness that we're talking about yeah and i think the where to start you asked yeah, well, where well, to start what would make somebody just say you know i'm uh, well me saying that automatically would that imply something to say i have nowhere to go i'm not going to escape i'm not going to put on a bunch of music to make me feel good to pass the time does, does that does that make it kind of concrete i'm not gonna where do i go from here i don't go to a monastery. I don't go to um, talk to my friend who's just as broken and hurt, and we're not even admitting or being honest with you know how we're messing up in life. I think that goes Does back that to being yeah, sense? yeah, that makes sense. I I think that goes back to being mindful and living life deliberately, and um, working you know funneling that energy into achieving a higher purpose, and really spending time with people to break down barriers. I mean, yes, I believe that people all have beautiful aspects. You know, they all, we all have beauty in us somewhere. And I think where the biggest problem is, is that, you know, we talked about this before, are those stereotypes. We are very judgmental. And before we even get to know somebody, we we have a snap judgment on them. That's um, what we want to stop. That's what yes. I want to feel. I want to feel such responsibility for yes. every day to say, even if it pops up, you're just like that has no meaning here with this person right now. I'm 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 listening. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm seeing without that without that distortion. I, yeah. I move it aside. And I yes, and I think that is the first step towards um, appreciating inner beauty in in other people and and realizing that. You know, yes, there are uh, people that have beauty that isn't immediately apparent. I, I mean, they may not be super attractive or they may even be a little, you know, they may even be a little bit grumpy or they may have 
you know, like we, uh, we were talking about this earlier, they may have an addiction problem. You know, you, um, you, you need to get past those, those really harsh snap judgments and start searching for the beauty in others. And we're I saying think, just depth. Yes. I want to be able to look at you. Go depth. Depth with depth. Go depth. Go deep. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, I, and I would say physically too would be the same thing. As I'm driving, as I'm doing things, there's no, I'm taking direct perception of what's going on. And in that direct perception, there's there's direct listening. And so as, as something comes from trying to plan or do something in the future, I'm already moving on a particular track. And all that exists right now is where I'm at, that direct observation of where I'm at. If I'm, if I'm in my car driving to work, then that's where I'm going. So to start, it seems so futile to start thinking about the past and, the, and thinking about the future in that moment, which then you make action something that's not in the present. And that's what causes the conflict. My action now is thinking about the future, which is never going to, it's not even happening. Or I'm thinking about the past, so I'm repeating mechanicalism. You're, you're, you're becoming seen now. You're, you're starting to speed up the death process because you're in the past. Past doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so in the present... Now I have this direct action, this this action that's alive. It's in the moment. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in, yeah. You're living deliberately. And then beauty's in the moment, flowing out of you. Yeah, well, that's that, <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah. We're just flowing everything out. and your quality and yeah, and um, yeah, and I I kind of want to turn this just a little bit. Good quotes. Yes, thank you. Glad you appreciate it, even though you're sitting over there snickering at me. You're so cute. <laughs> They're so, so cute. No, you're so cute. cute. You're so I'm cute. so cute. <laughs> yeah, listen, We're so serious over listen, here. Listen to you. <laughs> you're so cute. It's my third cup of coffee. Patronizing, yeah. <laughs> I'm my fourth. Oh, my gosh. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Anyway, anyway, we're going to move along now. Um, another question that came up when I was, I was looking into this is how does being seen as beautiful affect us? And there's a lot of information out there on that. And right off the top, I thought it makes people feel more confident. I mean, when you feel beautiful, like outwardly beautiful, um, like, man, I'm looking good. You know, I am, I am the stuff, you know, I'm, I'm looking really good. And in turn, it makes you more friendly, more outgoing. And there's been studies done, of course. Um, let's see here. I can't find my, uh, Deborah Best, a psychologist specializing in gender stereotypes among young children. 
was talking about how infants, this, this I thought was wild, infants as young as three months old, so baby, baby, babies, show visual preferences for faces based on attractiveness. It's a big study. I've heard of that one. Yeah. And between six and 10 months old, they categorize faces based on attractiveness. Fast forward to middle school. By the time kids are, you know, what, uh, 10, 11 years old, um, that is really, really solidified. And they show preference for more attractive peers and um, what they say here is make more positive attributions about them, treat them nicer. Poor kids. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's when all the bullying starts. They're already hurt at three months. Yeah, at three months, which makes me wonder, you know, of course, is this something that's just inborn because they haven't been on earth that long? And so I I look at that and and say, as I thought about this further, I thought beauty and attractiveness. And this to me is really talking about outward physical appearance, being attractive. And I think that you know, me personally, I think that beauty and attractiveness are two different concepts. Um, you know, I don't see that, um, you know, beautiful sunset or listen to that song that I just absolutely find so beautiful. I don't say, wow, that was a really attractive song or what an attractive mountain. I, I, I mean, um, so I wonder if when we're making those judgments and we're creating those stereotypes, if we're getting hung up on something like attractiveness, we don't find this person particularly attractive, which is different than true beauty. What do you think? And go. Back to, back to, <laughs> back to confusion. So there's confusion in there. I, I don't know what, what I mean. I don't use my words properly in the sense of, you know, when I say love or when I say beauty to mean that that different quality that I would have to first figure out how to adopt that quality within myself before even seeing it. But you know what it turns into and what you're implying with the three month old thing is this evolution, evolution of of our thought and how we've made, you know, what I think and yeah, what I think and not only what you think, but your attraction to things and not just an attraction in the sense of this looks good. But as I'm born, my genetics, my biology, the way my parents are raising me, how I pick things up being really young, mm -hmm. all that starts to then put forces on you that start to attract you different ways, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so as a kid, now you're growing up with that. And so, yeah, then you become confused because you feel bad for somebody, product of thought, because someone says, don't you think I'm beautiful? And then we, we're confused. We don't know what to say. and We, we want to make you feel good. So we say, yeah, you're beautiful. Don't you, don't you love me? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm scared to have this conversation <laughs> right now. I love you. Yeah, I do love you. I think I love you, but you're not going to tell nobody that because we, we don't even know how to be hurt together and to just say, oh yeah. And and so that hurt is already there. And at three months old, I would, that to me that's hurt. Uh, Christian, you can say original sin. There's mm -hmm. already this hurt at three months old that starts to show what you said attractiveness. And I've heard that study, and I think it also. I think, I mean, you're, you're right, right there. The images, it, it already has a preference for images. Yeah. So to speak. Or yeah. attractive, what we judge. And, and that's, that's an interesting point. Um, 
the babies have a preference babies. for yeah, they're babies. <laughs> the little babies have a preference for images that we have judged as attractive. So then you have to ask a little bit about experimenter bias because you've got your adult experimenters. Culture's got to be different if you're yeah, doing that. Yeah, adult experimenters that are picking out these faces for Motives. the babies to look at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, are the babies truly picking out, you know, what is attractive to them or is it just... Um, kind of manipulation by the adults and that they're conditioning the babies in some way to interpret certain yeah. things as something attractive as ugly, something or as unattractive. So it's something something to think about. And within that too, you said that I wanted to address the issue of, yeah, you, you put on nice clothes, you do things mm -hmm. because society then gives you a certain look, but you're not aware of everybody's thought. Society also says, who does he think he is? Mm -hmm. Mr. Hotshot got the suit on and you know, it's, it's all a movement. It's all an implied movement. Not so much. These are the thoughts coming up and like, we're these very vindictive people. These are very subtle attractors yeah, and, and detractors with, with just the way you're raised and how, how you think about rich people, poor people. And mm -hmm. so will you just drop all of that and say, boom, now this is so easy to move through life because I am, first of all, you have to be so serious and have this passion after going through sorrow and going through all this suffering and, how how you're not out of that and you can't just stop paying taxes you can't stop making a living and so then i start to inquire to myself all right if i drop all of that i'm no longer ugly i have no opinion about me being so-called ugly i'm a human being and in me being this human being means i'm beautiful the person that that's you know ha maybe has uh certain looks different they might have these tumors on them and, and so they're a human being though so now we're being conditioned in a way to say this is what a human being looks like. Yeah, the majority of us look like that, but a human being can also be this. You observe that. Right. And where is that in societies? Back to education, if we were to talk about education, but it, it's important because beauty, how do we discuss beauty in schools? And beauty turns into this, well, you just might not be beautiful or maybe you just got to. We turn beauty into something that then you have to search for. Or maybe somebody will come along and find it in you. It's something you have to find and seek. And mm -hmm. it seems from the, our conversations and how we are agreeing on things if it's a um it's a quality it's it's a am i going to be transformed when beauty hits and if if that's not beauty then that's not beauty if i don't get transformed from it mm -hmm. and so then is suffering beautiful too not that war necessarily but the fact that we're both going through war we're both going through just the history of tears that are non-stop mm -hmm. and and there's no we're still living the same way Technology is different, but human beings, mm -hmm. uh, we're still carrying those things. And, and on the outside, you can hide it really well, but it's in there. I mean, we mm -hmm. see it when things start to hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah. And and you bring up uh, suffering. And I, that was something else I was wondering about with beauty. Um, can beauty be found in suffering? Um, me personally, I don't think the process of suffering is beautiful. I mean, you know, if somebody's being tortured or being shot at or whatever, or is, you know, has this terminal disease that causes a lot of oh, pain, no. I don't think there's any beauty in those moments. However, however, I believe that going through hardships can change a person for the better and make them more inwardly beautiful. I believe that there can be something gained, there can be beauty gained from going through difficult circumstances.
That's the same thing that we're saying. When you have that experience, are you going to go through it, what the word experience actually means, and be transformed by it? But it, it doesn't. We keep just yeah. modifying our knowledge about what just happened. And then we, in essence, use you know my thought, my intellect to try to solve the problem, but it's creating the problem. And so am I willing to then get rid of all of that, which is all a process of thought? It's really easy to get rid of. But it's hard to get rid of because we still have all these interests. We still want to feel all these things. We, we think beauty and love is a certain feeling. And we start to see how it gets distorted. So within suffering, can I say, brother or sister, you know, y yeah, you, you got tortured in this war, man. Come over here, find sanction here. We're all hurt too over here. And, and, and I know I'm part of, you know, th this government that does it. And, and I feel... I, you don't feel anything. You just say, I observe that with you. And, and I take the responsibility to then do what I can, which is to perform adequately. And if or when you shed that, uh, the, 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 when you can put thought in its place and just say, all right, I know where thought needs to be at. I know uh, that when it comes to people and, and that judging and my prejudices, as something spikes up, you know, I, I disregard it. And the way you disregard it is by understanding how to see, to see directly. Just, I don't want any thought that comes in is distorting my seeing right now. And if you take that very seriously and you, you're just seeing, then listening is going to open up in a whole new way. Listening is the byproduct of you just saying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm, I'm going to see, and I'm going to, push aside the distortions and now what's coming through is, is the hearing and, and the seeing mm -hmm. and then to tie it all back with the, the suffering thing. So yeah, so that, that seems to be the missing link with really getting to bring beauty into a, a quality of life. Like we want to do with the word love. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not staying with my suffering and, and with staying with it. You mean I'm taking responsibility for it. I'm not going to go and, and write I mean, from there you, you get purpose and passion, but then what actually starts to shed away when you start to take that serious to say, okay, I understand escapes. I also understand and observe what's been causing these conflicts and I'm going to have nothing to do with them mm -hmm. adequately, the way you can adequately do that now. And then as you grow, as that, that passion comes and your action starts to then progress in the physical world, you will become, you will begin to find that higher purpose that, mm -hmm. that that place said. And, and that's just logical. We don't have a lot of time to, you know, boom, 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 be logical with it. But how, yeah, I, I definitely don't want that to be taken as philosophy, but to look at, yeah, what what is keeping human beings from solving these problems? And not a math problem or a science problem, like a problem of humans. It's people problems. People. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really kind of the big question. Because beauty is right there. We, we want to save beauty. It's like, this is like a rescue mission for beauty and for love. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, to me, it, it does all tie in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, no, I, I agree with you. And, and it sounds to me like what you're talking a lot about is beauty being a, that was Josh taking a <laughs> sip of coffee, by the way. <laughs> um, that's okay. Um, it's a state of mind. And I do think there's finite moments of awe, you know, but I, I think if we're looking for genuine change in our world, yes, you know, kind of like the the story of Beauty and the Beast where, you know, you have the handsome prince and he's just terrible. He's very vain. 
and he is cursed. And so he's turned into a beast. Everybody knows this story, or at least most everybody. And until his, you know, he begins to develop inner virtue and inner beauty. Because a human being comes along and shows him the quality of love. Yes, yes. Belle comes along and um, this beautiful woman uh, falls in love with him in his beastly form because he starts developing this inner inner beauty. So really, yes, I think that quality of beauty that stays with us, that, that inner beauty that makes us, you know, very good people is extremely important. I think that the the finite moments of awe, you know, those, oh, wow, you know, I'm just totally blown away by this, this mountain or this sunset or whatever it is. Um, I think those are wonderful. And I think those are valuable as well, because they they just really help us to focus in that moment and just appreciate just what beauty is. Um, and I mean, in a very concrete way. And, and so I think it's, it's both. I think having a beautiful mindset and, um, combined with those, those finite moments of things around us and people around us that are truly beautiful. And I also think those finite moments help us to, um, better seek out beauty in others, you know, and say, Hey, you know, I know what beauty is and I know that there's beauty in this person and I'm going to seek it out and I'm going to cherish it and nurture it. So I, I think that, um, I think it's kind of both, both and on that. And, um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Oh, also I wanted to get to this. You asked me this week, can beauty be found in violence? I thought that was a really interesting question that you asked. And I know we've gone back and forth. I say, yes, that beauty can be found in violence. I think of thunderstorms. They're beautiful, but violent. And, but I don't think it can always be found in violence, especially when it comes to people, uh, intentional or not. I don't see beauty in the awful things we do to one another. And I've already mentioned that. I think of car crashes, for example, sometimes they're accidental. Sometimes they're intentional. In both cases, they're violent and they're not beautiful. So what are your thoughts on beauty and violence? All right. Before I give you my answer, violence though. So here comes back to our first podcast of thinking deeply. You hear the word violent and automatically that word. So first of all, the word, this has is so important to say to people constantly, the word is never what you actually see, right? I mean, and it's, it's unfortunate that a kid, me, I, I probably never even really got that till I was in my early 20s. And then from there to actually come to this point now to be like, that was so, I like my life. Why doesn't this being taught the word is never actually what's what's being said so now you 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 end up taking the whole conditioning of words being the primary way we learn in that moment <laughs> so, words are what we deal in friend mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how we communicate most oh but, but then violent but look what happens so we, you know the word violent and then someone doesn't even so can violence and beauty exist how can they if violence, look at war. So what's happening with war? Somebody is imposing themselves, which is their thoughts about something, my ideas, my opinions. I'm imposing that on another person. 
-hmm. And then I'm I'm coming back and trying to my survive the best I can. My ideas and and who I am as a human being, I'm trying to survive. So why does violence not? That's violence. And we've talked about help before, and we've talked about the the you know good and evil. And is it actually good when I go out of my way to say I'm here to help you, friend? Here's my ideas about the help, and here's so violence. I then take it to that highest mark. And we'll have to go into that again. Maybe we have a podcast on violence. So violence is an imposement of myself on yourself. Okay. It's and it's not. But You're that's what it is. Imposing your will on me. Yes, because no matter what, that's going to cause conflict. And right. In the extreme end, it's war. But in this little end, it, your feelings are hurt. Or I might murder you because you're, I'm your husband and you know, you, you're a wife and you can't have nobody else. I mean, so <laughs> yeah. me imposing, or I take the kids, the kids suffer because I'm taking my kids. I mean, hopefully we're, we're seeing that, that implication of, or we make assumptions about something. And then us as human beings, we're not even, I can't even see you no more as the person you are because there's the opinion, the idea, the thought. That's violence. I'm, I'm, I'm being violent. I have an image about you. I say you are this, mm-hmm. which... Okay, you might have your tendencies, but I'd rather just stay away from it and say, because there's a part of your brain that's not going to forget that, like who Cindy is. But for me to, as I function with you, to put any opinion, idea, um, some kind of psychological word to you is is violence. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I then come to this point and say then beauty cannot exist um, with violence. And if that's violence then does anybody know what beauty is? Oh, I think we know what beauty is. But I also agree with you that, you know, I like your definition of uh, a type of violence being imposing your will on another. I think that's a really simple, straightforward. Your, your, your self-knowledge, your self-psychology of what yeah. the situation is. When yeah, it, you're, that's, you're not, you took away direct observation again. Yeah, you're imposing yourself. And so, I yeah, I, I can get that. And I can also get, get on board with there's no beauty in that. I, I mean, you're forcing, basically you're forcing yourself on somebody. And I, you know, I don't see that as, as any, anything beautiful. Yeah. And, and then I, I saw, saw where you disagree. And so maybe it's, I said it different because then when you feel, when you have that mm-hmm. as you, as a person, you are being violent. I mean, how long, how much are you being violent in your day? Actually um, having prejudices before you even go to a meeting at work or when you go into your boss, you already have prejudices there. And so then on these, these little moments when you, found an escape or when you found um, some kind of feeling that turns into beauty and therefore beauty just becomes this illusion that's that's almost there but you still have that screen over you because you haven't even dealt with the violence within you to say I am a violent human being I see not what Josh is saying but when I observe it I see okay that's violence and Mm -hmm. now I'm gonna I'm gonna be transformed I'm gonna say shit let me change that that's Mm-hmm. serious yeah let me take responsibility in my psychology and mm-hmm. stop trying to create a million dollar or whatever stop just stop your helping until you can feel know that you're not confused but then again you're never gonna that, that process never stops so then you're always in dialogue with people talking about these problems and you know to a certain extent have fun do, do your thing we were in society but to always carry that with me mm-hmm. not in the sense of i'm going to carry it but to be aware of it. Attention. Yeah. And there again, it goes back to attention. It goes back to insight, personal insight and introspection. 
and a willingness to change and to transform. You know, we're all kind of like the beast in Beauty and the Beast. I mean, we're, we're wanting that love, but we're needing to transform ourselves. I like that word insight, like see in something. Yeah, seeing and beauty into of the, yourself. The beast, yeah, and she saw into the into She him. saw into the beast and I, saw the in inner your beauty. Heart, your heart, your yeah. suffering. Your, yes, yeah. yeah. Not not the details of. Well, yeah, you're, yeah. You're being, I wonder what their motives are. Hmm, I wonder if they're going to screw me over. Hmm, no. I have trust issues. Hmm, so everybody, <laughs> yeah, there's just. <laughs> Yeah, we're all kind of a hot mess. And and I mean, it's, but hey, you know what? I don't think we as human beings should use that as an excuse. I don't think, it, oh, gee, I'm a mess. You know, there's no way I'm going to take to responsibility. Just, yeah. Be strong. You say. mentioned that a couple of times throughout this podcast is take responsibility. You got to start somewhere, you know, and become a better person try to become a better person not, not not physically trying to make movements physically but yeah yeah right? mentally made it clear my, my my psyche yeah yeah become a better person work on that try to take a really good hard look at yourself do it, do it. just no trying just do it <laughs> and um you know and it's that type of stuff is very difficult it, it is i mean difficult. It, you're, you're dealing with conditioning you're dealing yeah. with like it's hard to see it because it's creating it. And mm-hmm. so that then, then we can get into that eventually, but yeah, deduction, I, I say what beauty is not. I, I yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a very investigative process. And then unfortunately, I don't know if, if friends actually get it and it goes over their head and it's hard to talk to anybody. So we mm-hmm. go back to education again. And yeah. Education and conditioning, all of these things are really interconnected in, in a lot of ways, you know, and, and I think that a lot of these things really, speak to kind of the core of what our podcast was initially started for. And that is how in the world can we make the world a better place? How can we um, minimize conflict between one another? How can we look past these stereotypes, these prejudices that we hold against one another and, you know, show compassion or be a good leader or, you know, see the beauty in people. But it's as easy as doing it physically, right? Here's something I see is causing danger. The baby's going to put that in their mouth. I grab it, I disregard it, and I move it away. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing. So this isn't to be, just because it's psychological doesn't mean like it's some kind of, um, it takes a, a special kind of something. It just means, no, what do you, what do, you do physically to get out of, out of danger, to protect your kids, to do those kind of things? And so psychologically, once I see what's causing the danger, do I put it in its place? Do I at least move it? I put order in the house. Yeah. Have we done that? No. And it's, our lives? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I, I say it's simple, but it's hard. I mean, you got to want to do, you got to let go of a lot of things. Yeah. The answer is, is simple. Is um, love worth it? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. And, and it's simple, but it's, it's hard to do. And I mean, you look at that even, I mean, you know, you're a personal trainer. Yeah. I mean, you've worked with That's all it's, kinds yeah, of I people have. that, you know, that you, you, you tell your, your clients, it's simple. You do these things and you will get in shape and get healthy. That's one of the reasons I stopped because there's just the psychological issue has now become the, the focus out of yeah. the personal training world. It's like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing nothing here and I'm just working out with people. And then even then they're tired. They can't listen. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's simple. You know, you're, and, and, and 
you know, you, even here I can see your frustration because, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is simple. If you just do what I ask you to do, you are going to get these results. But I get it. it but does it's take, hard for them because of... It's the, keeping the awareness. Their conditioning. Or that, yeah, the interest, my, my likes and right. my dislikes, and I just don't want to let them go. But you, you, you let it go by, as you change your psyche, it's a byproduct. Mm-hmm. And so there's not like, oh my, you know, I, I got I to gotta cut all this out to do something. No, you just investigate. Yeah, in, in, have insight. Look them up. Find out what it means. Begin, begin to learn. But, you know, uh, once you're transformed, that, that instant is instantaneous to be transformed and say, yes, I need to take, this is how I take responsibility, not by, uh, you know, spending all this money and, and strategizing and, and physicalness. That comes after you've taken care of the inner world. Then we can change the outer world. Yeah. And to be beautiful. It's beauty. It's beauty. Still keep it, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and just kind of where you were needing sure. to wrap up I here. I haven't been looking. We've but been, that's okay. lost. That's time. okay. No, no. But I, I did, I, you know, put this question out um, on Facebook, you know, what is, what is beauty? And I have uh, a bunch of very verbal Facebook followers. No, no. I, I have some very, uh, I have some very insightful oh, friends. No, yeah, that's awesome. Good answer. And so I, I thought I'd just read a few of the answers that I got um, on Facebook and, um, Kind of, you know, most of them hit on what we've with what we've talked about today. Um, my friend Brad Turner says, "Beauty is something that forces us to acknowledge life and or defies death with a smile for a moment. It's the opposite of something lifeless," which I thought was really an interesting answer. It's he he sees it as almost kind of the definition of life, which I thought that was pretty cool. Um, my friend Robbie Allen says, mama always said pretty is, is pretty does, which is a good way to. to pretty s- is. Oh yeah. Pretty. So something's pretty if it's transformed inside. Yeah, that's exactly what pretty. we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, pretty is, is pretty does. See, people know this. I mean, these they words, know they know it. the words. They know the quality. it. Quality. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know these people, but it's still something to introspect. Yeah. And, um, and my friend Georgina Holzmeier says. Uh, Shut up. Yeah, shout out. Hi, Georgina. <laughs> We're going to mention you on our podcast. Naturally, I turned to Webster, and yeah, I agree with definition number one. There's a set of generally accepted concepts that are physically beautiful. Um, the harder to articulate, define aspects for me are soul-felt experiences, whether a personality, an artistic or athletic, quote-unquote, something these are in the eye or soul of the beholder or experiencer. So that and she, she said what thought thought says yes i mean that's true in the sense of of thought yeah that's where we're all that's yeah that's what we've been talking about too where it's it's you know seeing that that inner something that beauty and thought doesn't let you actually step through it Uh, we will have a podcast on some thought and some others we'll we'll have to do that on thought and conditioning that keeps coming up get your lightsaber out Um, and, and this one, um, again, we talked about this as well. My friend, Sarah Bird, as I grew, my definition of beauty expanded. So I guess in the eye of the beholder, but not a fixed concept for those who behold. And I thought that was really good. It's like her idea of beauty shifts and changes. And I think that speaks to the inner transformation that we've been talking about as you, begin to transform and begin to be able to see beauty in other people. Yeah. Your, uh, your idea of what is beautiful changes. 
and then it goes back to the old way and then the new way and then the old way and it oh, changes back. Oh, now, <laughs> now. Um, and here's, <laughs> you're being pretty feisty today. Um, I've always, it's all that coffee. Mm-hmm. I've always believed beauty is in the eye of the beholder. For example, graffiti. I see the story behind it, whether hard times or self-expressions from great life experiences. Many others see it as disrespecting property or garbage. Um, it's my friend Michelle Neese. Who's the beholder then? Um, whoever it is. The beholder is the quality of beauty and the quality of... It's, it's what the person sees. The beholder is the person. They're the one beholding the beauty. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. They're beholding it and, and making a judgment call on whether or not what they're seeing <gasps> is yeah. Well, yeah, there's Just still kidding. some judgment in there <laughs> to determine what's beautiful and what's not. Yeah, yes, you're right. We're very judgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked this one. Uh, beauty is a temporary overload of brain receptors. Uh, you know, he's, he's starting to go off. And on you die. And I'm like, oh, geez, what's going on here? <laughs> that manifests itself as a pleasant or overwhelming sensation. The same. But this is the part I thought was really interesting. The same object will not create the same feeling after multiple exposures. However, think back to the initial sighting, the memory. That can reinstate the feeling. But if done multiple times, will again diminish the feeling. That's Bert Brejaha. And um, so, and finally, I would argue that it is a mix of both. That's David Weathers and Comfort and Confidence. That's my friend Monica Newman. But back to Bert's. Do you think that what we view as beautiful, if we see it over and over and over again, dulls, it diminishes. Cool. I'll get into my final thoughts of that. With that being said, we're final uh, thoughts. <laughs> beauty. And we'll, we'll just give our final thoughts. We won't, we're mm-hmm. just final, we can't really go into it, but beauty is not a feeling. Beauty is, uh, it, it's a quality. It, it's, and so when we end up in love, I would argue love is beauty. So, we're chasing feelings at the end of the day uh, or an emotion and calling that love and that I have to be in this state all the time to know what love is. And is that wrong? Do we have that all wrong? And this quality of love, this quality of beauty is a quality of this direct observation in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that direct observation has nothing to say about what you're seeing. So therefore, I, I can't say what it is for you, but if if you can reach a state, which, you know, that requires things that requires, you can't just wake up and say, oh, I, I get rid of my thoughts and, and I drop everything. You're conditioned to act a certain way. So if I'm willing to take that serious, everything may not drop in the instant, but the seriousness of knowing that you have nowhere to go and that you won't escape anymore. And I'll let you just go. I won't explain too much, but yeah, just go <laughs> go through that. I'm not going to escape and I'm going to sit here with it. And then that alone says I'm being responsible and I'm taking this serious. And then from there, the, the, the change begins to happen, that direct observation. And so you see depth to everything. And then therefore, not only you're, you're seeing beauty because you are the quality of beauty. Done. Yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. You because. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, you're doing a Zen dance here. Um, No, I I agree. There again, it goes back to, I think, the theme of this entire podcast, and I think it's a good theme, is that, you know, being introspective, looking into ourselves and becoming more beautiful people and less judgmental people so that we can 
recognize and appreciate and nurture the beauty in others. And once we get to that point, and even if we never get to that point, at least starting on that road is going to make us better people. This is making me, um, I'll, I'll just leave it here since we're talking about all this. I'd love to future episode and I'll do my research on it, but show I want to, I can just see the correlations and we can go, we can just have a great conversation mm-hmm. about you know, you know Jesus. Jesus. Okay. It's hard to get that Whoa. out there. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the America's, this culture is, is predominantly Christian. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can take it across all books. I mean, we'll bring other religions in there, but for the most part, it'll be on Jesus. And mm-hmm. I want to take some profound looks at finding the truth and correlation with Mm-hmm. Um, I think the underlying movement of what's going on in that book, any, any of these religious books, but what? Jesus is, uh, I know you're, 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 uh, that's your man. And you, you know all um, about that. Yeah. And I'm, I want to learn. Oh, well, okay. Yes. I'd love to talk about Jesus. I'd love to talk about other Jesus religions. And love and the, the, the religions. Yeah. The, the inner relation and, and how maybe we're missing the, the mark as human beings, not, Mm-hmm. That the book's missing the mark, but the human beings, even everything we talked about beauty mm-hmm. was that we're missing, we're missing something. We know so much, but we're missing. It's simple, but it's hard. It's simple, <laughs> but it's hard. No, it's not. <laughs> that came out good. <laughs> what the, the coffee. I'm sorry. What the heck? Oh my that gosh. Good. We're going to end yeah, on no. that. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. That's it for this episode. And uh, thank you for listening. We're signing off. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.